Hey, you're listening to Sit Down For Real, a new podcast for anyone interested in movies, especially the making of movies. I'm Mason Coyle, and each week I will be joined by various guests, including directors, actors, writers, people who will share their hands-on experience of the filmmaking process and discuss either the topic of the week or a movie review. If that sounds like something you're into, perfect. If not, stick with us anyway. We're not famous yet, but that doesn't mean we aren't entertaining. Sit Down For Real is made by a group of creatives, collaborating across numerous projects in the hopes of turning our passions into careers. We hope this podcast will be a platform where we can cultivate our skills and share what we learn with you, our audience. If you ever have a comment, question, suggestion, or a nice review, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook at Sit Down For Real. That's real, R-E-E-L, like a film reel. It's a pun. You understand. Anyway, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sit Down For Real, your favorite podcast about movies. I'm your host, Dylan, and we are very excited to have you here with us today. Uh, today, I'm joined by Kevin and Mo. Um, so we're going to be reviewing a movie today. We're going to be talking about the excellent film that is Get Out. But before we do, um, Kevin, do you want to talk about the extravaganza? Yeah, so we talked about it in some of the other episodes. We are, as of the release of this, starting the foreign film week of our 40 film Halloween scary movie marathon. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, we've been sharing about it a lot on our social media and stuff. Um, me and um, Kaylee and Levi were the ones who put it together. Um, if you watch them with us, then let us know. Let us know what you think. Use the um, BTB horror hashtag. Um, and we're just, it's just fun watching movies. Yeah, and then Mo, would you mind talking a little bit about the uh, BTB Spooktacular Film Festival that we are doing? Yes, so um, I've recently taken over the social media account, so I've been informing everyone about what's going on. We have um, our horror movie Spooktacular, um, which is going to be some films that we are putting out. There's four in total. Um, the first one is already up, See No Evil, um, so that's up on the YouTube, and it's... Um, it's in our uh, Instagram bio, I believe, and also on our Facebook. Um, but we will keep you updated about the other ones that are coming out as well. Really excited. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. they will. We're still deciding which one is releasing second, but you will find out when we find out. So, <laughs> this Saturday, coming to you, a movie unknown. It will be spooky. 99% sure I know what it is, but we'll, we'll leave suspense for suspense sake. <laughs> Maybe next podcast we'll let you know what it is. <laughs> all right. So I guess that covers all our big news topics and anything like that. So let's get into it. Get out. Who wants to give me a quick like overview, talk about it a little bit? Just a little bit of pre-spoilers. If you haven't seen it, it's an excellent film. I would recommend watching it before you listen to this. Um, we're definitely going to be in spoilers throughout, but... Just a quick, like, overview to keep spoilers from happening for somebody who might be interested. I have seen it ten times. <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, it's basically about a, um, a black man going visit visiting his white girlfriend's family for the first time up in the suburbs. Um, a lot of horror-esque things happen around that. Um... Like, that's the, that's the log line with it. Like, if you give people that, then they pretty much know. You don't need a whole lot more information. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, it's one of the best written movies I've ever seen. I really, really love it. Anything to add, Mo? Uh, nope. 
<laughs> Mo is joining us remotely this time. This is the first time we're trying it, so we may have some some jumping around. But as someone tries to call me, I had do not um, disturb on. <laughs> Interesting. Look at Apple. Um, yeah, I will definitely agree. Say it's an excellent film, very well written. Um, I'm very excited to have had seen it. Um, it's definitely up there on some of the, like the best movies I've ever seen. Um, and I'm not somebody who likes horror or spooky things, but even with that in mind, it still is one of the better movies I've ever seen. And like, I greatly enjoyed it. So if you're worried about it being too scary or too spooky, it shouldn't be. It's not. Um, but it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so yeah, let's kind of, let's kind of break it down a little bit. So. We're past the spoiler section. You have been warned. <laughs> Get over it. Or go watch it. Um, so, like, what What kind of is your favorite part of this film? Like, there's a lot to it, so I'm just curious. Um, um, I think my favorite part is probably... I think Rod is, like, my favorite. Sort of, like, <laughs> he's just amazing. And also, I feel like... He's, he's a very authentic character, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like everyone, I don't know, he's just very relatable. I feel like a lot of people know Arad themselves, and I also feel like, I don't know, he was good for the culture, you know what I mean? Like, he truly, I mean, I literally saved the day, but I, mm-hmm. I just really appreciate him as a character. I appreciate, you know, um, I don't know, just everything about him, the way he talks, the... The, you know, like he didn't. They sometimes in films when there's like a black character, they'll sort of like. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Like sort of erase the the culture, erase mm-hmm. the you know, like the dialect and things like that. And I love that that was like you know a part of it. I love that he was like you know very goofy and in the end right, of course. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I, just, I just really liked it because it's, it's just very different from all the other. Um, black characters in the, in the in the film yeah yeah and i i know too much about this movie so i'll probably be adding context to everything anyway so i apologize um i it, jordan people talked about rod's character as basically being a personification of black people watching movies like horror movies oh, specifically yeah. like he's the one saying don't go in that house like he's literally saying it and he wanted to give that like the verifiable um like like, justice to when black people are watching horror movies and react like that. He wanted to be like, no, you're right. Like, you should be reacting like this. You should be thinking like this. And obviously the comedy and everything else he brought in was incredible along with that. But I really did love him as a character, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. an excellent character. Um, he's honestly one of the reasons I enjoyed the film so much. <laughs> I, it's It's hard to get past, like, his humor and, like, the comedy he brings in to kind of relieve some of the stress that's going on while also like making it seem like it's something that's really happening. Like there's something Mm -hmm. else going on. It's not just you're in this like house as the, as the story progresses, like you're not just stuck there. It's like, Oh, there is another world outside of this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my, so for movies in general, I enjoy well, in, in general, I enjoy when a film has something to say, when it's trying to do something. Um, a lot of times I'll really enjoy when a movie kind of does this, like, fun, subversive stuff where 
it's like metaphors and things like that where it's just underlying things that you have to kind of dig to find. Um, I think this benefited so much more from not having to do that. Um, and I think that's partially because um, a lot of people will ignore some of the things that he was trying to say in this, that Jordan Peele was trying to say in this film. Um, but just like the conversations when all of the white friends showed up for the, um, the quote-unquote party, um, like the the bringing up, oh, I would have voted for Obama for a third term, or oh, he used to know Tiger Woods, like these little micro-aggressions on top of everything else that, like, I think he weaponized those in a way that isn't usually weaponized, because even watching the movie, you want to think, like, oh, it's harmless, like, they're just clueless white people, like, they just don't know how to have this conversation, but they're genuinely the antagonists violently taking over black people in the movie, like, there's I think that he erased that line really well, and by bringing it so forward and just showing it the entire movie and all the little things, I think that that's really probably my my favorite thing about the writing and what the film does and attempts to do. Yeah. Um, it does an excellent job of taking things that have been like used against the um, black community and puts them in a light that uses it against how they're being used. And I, I agree, I think that was an excellent writing choice and it's executed excellently. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I could go on about that forever. But like, <laughs> the, um, the structure of it and the way it was brought out in the twist, and I'm even guilty of at the end, like, I was still rooting for the girlfriend to be good. I was, like, just hoping for God knows what reason. But, like, I just, I was so caught up in it and so caught up in the, what was going to happen. Um, yeah, I just think that he, he did that brilliantly and brought it to the end. Even the little details at the end about, like, how the photographer who is um, basically stealing his brain is that I want you for your eye. Like, I don't care about what color you are or anything. And it's, like... That's a direct like line to the colorblindness that a lot of people claim to have. Like, oh, it doesn't matter that. Like, I just want this. Like, you're still stealing his goddamn brain. Like, mm -hmm. you're still doing all of this stuff. It's just... Um, so I had conversations with friends about it, and they were like, oh, well, I don't know if he was that bad. It's like, he's literally stealing his body. Like, yeah, he's totally. terrible. Just because he claims that it's not about that. Like, in the same breath, he also talked about how it's like, cooler and fashionable and more interesting to be black like he's he thinks he, he's trying to gain so much from it for him to say that like oh it's not about that was very clearly aligned to like all of you people saying that you don't see color you're stupid like <laughs> yeah i yeah i feel that like to me it was basically saying like i don't care if you're black i just want to impress you you know right like, <laughs> i don't really care about the details Mm -hmm. just want to be in control like it doesn't it's yeah. and all the characters in the movie are so good like I think that they're very three dimensional the brother cre the brother character is creepy as hell like he's oh, just God. so terrifying the whole movie yeah and that's that's just hard to do even in some of my favorite movies I feel like the side characters are just kind of there but everyone has their own purpose in the family and their own creepy way. And 
Yeah, it's so good. I could ramble about it, so I'll let you put it on some kind of rails. But Yeah, I'm going to say, I definitely say my favorite part was, like, just what Kevin was talking about. It's like how all of the side characters had a full purpose. Like, it's not like there was just somebody who was there just to be there. Like, everyone had a purpose and everyone, like, had their own motivations and goals. And um, that's just something, like, in a lot of films, I feel like, gets left out. And we just have, like, a bunch of side characters who are, like, just there because they're supposed to be. But, um, like, every single person in that film has very distinct purposes. And that's just something that I really appreciate um, as somebody who comes from, like, the acting field from theater and stuff like that. Like, it's nice to see, like, all of the thought put into that, um, along with all of the thought put into everything else that was going on in our world at the time and incorporating that into a movie and bringing out the best um the best of everything else that was going on and how to attack um like these big social issues with it um it wasn't a film that just focused on the big picture of like this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. it also focused on the details to make sure that they were going to do it well um and that's just that was probably the part that i appreciated the most yeah, Jordan Peele's debut directing after making a career in comedy and coming out with this was just, like, I think it floored everyone. It was so... I'm not going to say it was shocking, because I'm not going to pretend like we didn't know how talented he was, but yeah. it was... exceeded all expectations, for sure. Yeah. So, I guess that kind of leads us... We've kind of alluded to it, but, like, just for anybody who's been living under a rock, like, what, like, when Jordan Peele wrote and directed this, he didn't write it, did he? Mm-hmm. He did? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So whenever he was writing this, like, let's kind of, like, talk about, like, what was going on at the time mm-hmm. and, like, what it developed into and what it stood for. Because um, I think that's part of the reason this film um, has had such the impact that it's made is because of everything that was going on. So um, I think it'd be good to kind of explore into that. So Mo actually texted me last night something about this. Um, Not to fully put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot, (laughs) if you want to talk about what we talked about a little bit. Um, Yeah, I just basically raised the point that, so obviously they mentioned, you know, I'd vote for Obama third term, and that's really the only time that they, like, necessarily um involve or just talk about politics and they never say trump's name by name uh, or mention my name i mean but the fact that he is president in that movie and he is still president now really freaks me out for some reason <laughs> it's really hard to explain but like i don't know i don't know but i also think that it is important because i feel like uh, I'm trying not to say anything too crazy here, but I feel like um, with Trump being the president at the time, it makes this film not not necessarily a little bit more believable, but just a little bit more like I don't know. I feel like for me at the time, it opened my eyes a little bit more. Do you know what right. I mean? But I don't know. It just really freaks me out that that's like obviously that is a big part of the motivation. Um, and then, Kevin, you shared about the um, um, Jordan Peele considering that. Um, with yeah. Us, I'm talking about the ending. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, so, and I, obviously, like I said, I've learned too much about this film since it's come out, so I've done a lot of just listening to podcasts and listening to him talk about it, um, but the original ending, and you can watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on the DVD, um, was that Rod doesn't come up in the TSA car, it's that the police show up and arrest him, and it basically leaves Chris um, in jail saying, at least I ended it, and it's this very sobering, like, um, kind of bittersweet ending um, around it, but he changed it pretty late in the process, if I remember right, because Trump was president and because he decided that people needed more of a victory, like especially the um, the black people who were watching the film, they needed more of a of a win in in how this movie ends, like especially even since then you can see everything and how black men and women are portrayed in the media, like how their live lives and deaths are portrayed and everything. I think I think that he was right for sure. I really love the ending, not just because of how good Rod is in it, but um, yeah. But yeah, I think, and this is more speculatory than probably we have time for. But I, since you mentioned that, I've been thinking of what would what would it be like now for this? Like if this film came out tomorrow, as opposed to in twenty seventeen. Because the whole point of the film was to kind of show that we're not a, like, post-racial society. Like, there's very much still racism. There's very much still these issues. Like, just because there was a black president doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're, like, the country's fine and everything. And very clearly this has been proven um, over the last four years with Trump as president. But I'm trying to think... It's interesting. I don't know if this movie would be more or less... I don't know if sharp's the right word. I don't know if it would cut as deep if it came out now. I feel like we're all a little bit numb. It may yeah. it may be even more potent because of what's going on. It may feel opportunistic. Like, I don't know what you guys think about, like, if this came out tomorrow, how does it feel? I, I, feel, like if it, I feel like if it were to come out now, it would maybe be a little bit... Obviously, I don't know what I was thinking, but I would I would think that it would be a little bit more gruesome and maybe keep the original ending. Because yeah. at the beginning, at that time, in 2017, the presidency was still a little bit fresh. We still weren't completely um, aware of the horrors that were to come. Right. Um, and I feel like at that time, having that the ending that it did, it was more of like, here's a little sprinkle of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like at this point, we're like in a real sense of like urgency, like right. it's more of like, this man can do this before. It was like more of, you know, this man can do these horrible things, but we could still overcome. But now it's, it feels like it would be more like this man is doing horrible things. Like our country's in a bad state and now it's an emergency. And like, this is what could happen or something. I mean, right, you know, right. not like literally like someone's going to make the coagula or whatever, but I just mean like, <laughs> that things, you know, just, it would be less of, like, a, a cry of hope and more of, like, a cry of desperation, like, this right. is insane. Like, sort of, action. I also feel like we would be a little bit more desensitized just because of everything. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, I think the film would have had the same potency either way. Yeah. But I think the tones would have been completely different. Um, much like Mo was saying, like, I think it was the purpose of it in 2017 was to give hope and say hey there's something we can do that can help us get a win Mm -hmm. and i feel like if it came out um like today it just the message would have to be completely different based on where we're at um which honestly makes me like 
happy that it did come out when mm-hmm. it did. Um, kind of that like it's been a it's been a year. Um, so like we have this like what's going on? Like let's try it. We're mm-hmm. trying to figure this out. Let's give ourselves some hope and a chance to like progress. But then um, I think that makes the film like that much better. Yeah. Um, whereas if it had come out today, it would it would be that like there really isn't any hope mm-hmm. unless we force ourselves to fix these problems, which the film states in both if it were released today and if it were released in 2017 as it was. Like, both of that message comes across both ways. It's mm-hmm. just there's a little bit more hope to it whenever it comes out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I'm not saying that it would be any less of an incredible movie if it came out now, because it is an incredible movie. Um, I think it's important to note that they definitely made this movie before Trump was elected. Um, Like, well, at the very, very beginning. Like, it wasn't, nothing had happened at all. So, like, 2017 when it was released was even different than when they were actually filming and everything. Um, But, yeah, I feel like, I lost my train of thought off of yours. I feel like that, to me, it's almost like the John Mulaney thing, like, oh, we're well past that. Like, I feel like that my brain is split between that. It's like, um, almost like a, we need to go deeper into the current state. I think that if if you would have made it last year, come out now, then it would be, it would stress on different things for sure. Um, but I think the other thing, too, with it um, is that it's influenced culture so much since then that you can't say that it hasn't had an impact and how we've had these conversations and everything and how things have progressed. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jordan Peele has now added two different words to our vocabulary with the sunken place and the tethered, um, which is insanely impressive to me. But um, in that conversation, which is, like I said, completely speculation, it is. it would be irresponsible to not point out that this film in many ways did impact the conversations on... Um, on race and racism and how we talk about it and how we deal with it. And um, it's definitely something that added positively. If it came out tomorrow, it's something that would add positively. Um, It's a very necessary um, piece of art and piece of culture that I think is another reason why I love it so much. Yeah, and I definitely, like, I had never thought about, like, what um, Mo was saying, like, it whenever it had come out like it was during like the Donald Trump presidency like the comment of like I'd have, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could like when they were writing that and when like they were um, actually filming it like they didn't know there's no way they could have known um, mm-hmm. who the president was going to be so like they couldn't like name drop but right. I think it's incredible how like that foresight to think of like you know like, we can subtly hint at, like, this is, like, the next year. Like, mm-hmm. this is the next president. Like, we know that it's between this person or this person. And so, like, them being able to subtly drop that in is incredible writing. Yeah. Um, and, like, thought process of, like, incorporating that. But the fact that it ended up being, like, under Trump's presidency definitely makes a huge difference in how, um, in how this film looks and then how it's received um i definitely agree and that was that's an interesting point so i appreciate that mo yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think 
spinning off a little bit. Um, I just feel like it's interesting how um, how Jordan Beale progressed through writing it, like, and how you can look at this movie, um, Knives Out. Um, there are other ones that are kind of starting to take shots more at the um, like the safe white liberals. Like, it's not just the um, people running around in hoods and burning crosses. Like, it's the yeah. it's the guy who claims he would have voted for Obama for their term. It's, like, Knives Out, where it's the family who, um, like, talk about going to see Hamilton and talk about, like, this and that, but then in the next conversation are, um, like, wildly misguessing where the protagonist came from, like, which country she's from, and, like, talking about immigration in these horrible ways, and, like, that family was a little more split, um, but I think it's something that, when we're really getting down to the nuance of the conversations, and you look at the people, um, who are in power, who kind of play in that safe middle, like, or play in the safe, um, presentation of it all, like, I feel like, as in the whole movie, Jordan Gill is not pulling any punches, and the more you go into why the characters are the way they are, why they're designated in their certain categories, why they exist in this certain world, in this certain setup. Like, there's no detail misplaced. There's no section that was not supposed to be exactly where it was. It's very... I think with his movies especially, everything's intentional. Even the weird shit with the Fruit Loops. Like, I feel like it's all very Mm -hmm. intentional and all very... Very purposeful, so. Okay, yeah, you just brought up two things that I super wanted to touch on. Um, one is that, like, I know we keep bringing this up, but the whole, like, him saying, I would have voted for Obama a third term, mm-hmm. or, like, this, like, performative liberalness, or, like, you know, that's, like, a real, like, I know that this is, like, the movie, the concept, when you get down to the details, is mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's kind of insane. You know, you think, like, like, oh, that's scary, but at least you don't have to worry about that, but, like, in reality, for black people and for people of color in general, it, it that is this whole the fear that you feel going through this film is things that we encounter like just throughout the week. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, like who like people will present as a very progressive person, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you can truly trust them or they have your best interests at heart. And it's I, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure every person of color who has white friends have had this feeling but like sometimes you go to a place and it's looking pretty white like a feel like a chocolate drop on a white sheet but like <laughs> i just like it's really uncomfortable it's like i know that i trust my friend and i know that my friend wouldn't want to put me in a harm intentionally but it's like this is really scary like this could be they don't know the intentions of every person here you know mm-hmm. And that is something really scary because even the people that do say that they are progressive and that really try to be progressive still, at the very least, commit microaggressions and can still be dangerous in some ways, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and you never truly know like, the character of a person. So I think that, like, while, you know, watching it, you're very terrified, you're scared, like, you know, it was a horror movie, but, like, mm-hmm. that's also a very real fear that people have. And I think that it's good that, you know, that's something that that's, like, part of the conversation around this is, like, you know, like, it's not just, like, ooh, the boogeyman. It's, like, these are real things that, you know, can happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second thing that I want to touch on was that damn fruit poops. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think yesterday, like, I feel like 
if that scene would have happened at the beginning, if he would have seen her eating those those fruit loops like that, that the whole movie it would have been like ten minutes. Like, the yep. <laughs> nobody does that. But um, I was reading around. Um, I read an article last night, and you can back check me, Kevin, if this is untrue. <laughs> but um, they mentioned that that was the scene that was sort of added in. Um, that it wasn't originally in the script, mm-hmm. um, and that it was, um, I don't know if it was Allison Williams, the actress who played uh, Morose, I don't know if it was her idea or what, but they separated the, it was intentional to separate the Fruit Loops from the milk, um, and then the whole effect of that scene, though it's like very small, well-meaned, but very small, and a little looked over, um, it was meant to show just how jarring it is, like a day in the life of Rose, and they even mentioned mm-hmm. like her clothes were androgynous and that like I mean in the background the first thing one of the first things she did was put up the um the pictures of the people right. of her, you know, former victims and things like that. And it was just meant to show and she was Googling, um, the NBA um prospects or something. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just supposed to show like this is this is like who she is. Like this is her this is like the disgusting mind of Rose. And they mentioned at one point that, and I don't know how true or whatever, but they said that, like, she was stuck mentally in the age when they started or doing it, you know, doing the whole family business uh-huh. or whatever, um, and that was what was, like, contributing to, like, her blank expression, her sort of, like, like, just general lack of expressiveness, um, and then her, like, more neutral, more androgynous clothing um, after, you know, the piece captured and things like that, and I thought that was really uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot deeper than I've heard that talked about. Um, I know that they, like, Jordan Peele went on to a YouTube video and, like, talked about different theories that people had, and they discussed that, and he didn't really go too deep into what it all really means. Um... I will stand by that he didn't do anything unintentionally, and I think a lot of what you described was um, definitely um, thought of when they were doing all of it. Because I think that, like, because I never even thought of the costume before and how she how she changes and how she looks in that. Um, but I think that could lead into kind of a thematic, like, how stunted this family and this group of people are. Um, like, to the fact that they think that um, and I have other things I go deeper into it with, but like they're clearly trying to steal the what they think is the more interesting, more enticing culture, people, and things like that. Um, so I think even her clothes with that could kind of play into the like they have the only interesting thing they have going for them is that they're trying to be something else. Like the only thing that their yeah. their entire identities are based around trying to control and overtake everything else around them, which obviously, as history provides, is very on-brand for white people in general. Um, yeah. But I think that that's... I think it's interesting, too, when you look at the characters, because the kids are so messed up. Like, she really put those picture frames back on the wall like trophies. Like, I don't know what kind of what the brother is on, but clearly, in a psychological sense, like, this has warped them completely and I think like you have to look a little bit empathetically into like them as actual people and who knows if the the themes of the movie really want to have them be individuals or more just placeholders um but like it to me it could easily just kind of be a stand-in for how easily like hate is 
taught and how that at some point they were just children who would were open to anything and stuff and their family like funneled them into abducting black people and like stealing them for their friends and like basically cementing their like um fully insane vision of them being gods and things like that so um obviously the most exaggerated version of that kind of thing but just a um the generations like the people around us and people our age who are still like fighting against this or the people who we know who say they're colorblind or who are supporting certain people supporting trump and things like that like shows that this is still being taught and still being passed on to the next generation of people um and that's just interesting to me just when you talk about how like she may have been stunted with her expressions and everything like she was shut down so early from being able to do anything else that this is her whole life is just being this mm-hmm. yeah so before we kind of wrap it up um i know kevin kind of touched on it but i kind of want to talk about like the end of the movie and how like jordan peele he made the excellent decision to give everyone a win and give everyone a breath of like ah yes there is hope um so i kind of want to talk about that and like what what differences that made in him choosing to go with the ending he did as opposed to the original ending that he had written like in when this movie came out and now and what does that kind of look like as we like reflect on this film and its excellence like how do we look at this differently than we would if we had the original ending i think i think the end that he picked gets enough of the original ending um and here's why i think the end of the movie is his gotcha moment um, we've all, and he talks about more than once, um, just how film has the ability to put you in the shoes of, um, someone else. At the end, we're all rooting for Chris to kill this whole family and escape. Like, we're all on board with him. Um, but I think anyone, anyone watching this movie, at the end, when the police lights come up, I, I was in, like, I went and saw it in theaters, um, the day it came out, and... I think any any space you see it in, everyone is going to have the same feeling when you see the lights. Like, anyone who claims that they're, like, colorblind, anyone who claims that racism isn't real anymore, like, all anyone who's watching this movie feels the same exact dread that the character feels at that moment that he put into this film. And I think, like, the, I, think, like I said, that's his gotcha moment. That's his, this is real, this is a real thing. This is something that people experience. This is something that you have fear for the protagonist because you know what's happening here. And so I think I think he accomplished enough of like the, this is how the world works. Let me bring us out of it. Let me give us hope. Let me give us a better ending than we normally get. Um, and I think that's the lasting impact of that movie is that he, he puts us all in that space. He gives us all that shared reaction that's really, I think it's really unifying just in however you feel about the movie. If you stop long enough to realize that, then you'll see kind of where, you'll see a lot of things line up in life, I think. But um, yeah, I think that combining all those things is what really elevated the ending and what made this one as good as it was. What do you think, Mo? Um, I, 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 
I do, I like the gotcha moment. And I think that if, if it would have been the original, like with him ending up in jail, I think that it's the language around the movie definitely would change mm-hmm. because I think that would make the film just absolutely devastating. Yeah. Um, and one that I probably would not want to rewatch. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, having this, um, you mentioned the scene with the lights. Uh, I didn't originally see this um, film in theaters, but I did. Um, There's a rewatch thing that they did um, at AMC, and I saw that. And there oh, were yeah. some people. And I'm saying, if you, this is one of those movies that, like, no matter what, like, color you are, like, watching this with a black audience is like an experience, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and <laughs> an amazing experience. But um, when I was there, there were people who I think had who had not seen it before, and the the lights. When the, the, the cop lights show up, I, I like I just the tension, the fear, like, and everyone feels that. Everyone feels that that scene, but like it is so much like oh, when you're black, it's just a little different. Like when you're a person mm-hmm. of color, it's just a little different. Like it it hurts a little harder. It's a little scarier. Um, but like having that gotcha moment, I think is just like a nice like you know breath of relief. And I I really yeah I really liked that. I think if it if it had been that ending where he was in the jail, it just I don't know. And I like that this movie is more, like, I think a lot of horror films try to work in a comedy aspect and don't always really get it because they're kind of, like, cheap jokes or whatever, um, so they don't really, you know, capture the comedy as well. But I feel like this film does that, and I think it makes it a little easier to laugh with the lighter ending, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're rewatching it or, you know, things like that. Like, if, if it had been that original ending, I don't think I would have been able to put myself through it again you know right um but yeah yeah like i said i think like the language around it will change yeah yeah i think i think i agree with him at the end of the day it's what the audience needed and i think specifically yeah. the the black and um person of color audience like it's just especially now and that's a good thing that if we were if the movie came out now especially now i think we would need the ending that came with the film like there's so so much of seeing the other that that's just i think like you said it's it makes it re- more rewatchable it makes it more triumphant and more of like this this hope so yeah i'm glad that that's what he went with yeah um i definitely agree like i'm he definitely made the right choice um I know I am not qualified to say he made the right choice, but <laughs> he made the right choice um, in giving um, everyone a win, but especially giving um, the uh, people of color community and the black community like a win in which they don't have to dread everything whenever they rewatch it. Because um, I definitely agree with Mo. I definitely think like this movie becomes much less rewatchable if you mm-hmm. don't have a victory. Um, and yeah. if he ends up not being able to win and get out, um, and I'm going to say, I definitely, like, he made the right choice. Um, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I think it turns into, like, a, um, like, we watched, um, Fruitville Station together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have rewatched that one more time, and... Um, I would liken it to any to the scariest horror movie or the the est of any kind of movie. Um, it is so brutal anytime you watch it, and I think that 
that serves its purpose so well to show that this is reality, this is what happens, but um, at the same time, Get Out serves it per its purpose to um, look forward in a more um, optimistic light. Like, I think films like Fruitvale look forward in a very um, necessary light. Like, there needs to be something done about this, there needs to be change. Um, and I don't think Get Out negates that there needs to be that stuff. It just, it gives you that pick-me-up of, like, we're still good. Like, there's still a chance for this. There's still, there's yeah. still a light out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I, and I can attest it's really rewatchable. Like I said, I've watched it ten times, so. <laughs> yeah. So, before we go, any final thoughts you have um, about Get Out and really anything we've talked about and anything that we think our audience should know in regards to Get Out. Yes, I have one more thing that I would like to bring up. Um, and it is the song in the um, beginning um, and yeah. also um, in the end credits. Um, it's called Siki Lisa and it is, uh, it's in Swahili. Um, and I, it, without having a translation, and I only have seen the translation literally today, <laughs> um, but without seeing the translation, you hear that song and you feel in your bones that that's like some kind of warning, like something that, I mean, it's just a really, it's a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little, it's very haunting. And like, mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful that it transcends language to get you that feeling. But I also want to talk about the lyrics because <laughs> I think that after, I've seen it probably about six times. And this is my first time actually like hearing and knowing what the lyrics say and it, it, it makes it a thousand times more terrifying but i'm going to read it really quick um so it says brother listen to your listen to the ancestors run you need to run far listen to the truth brother listen to the ancestors run run to save yourself listen to the ancestors and that like oh my god yeah yeah does that not like Oh, the feet! Like I feel like the next time I watch that movie, that is gonna. I just it is already terrifying, but it's going to like really get me. Like that is just amazing. Like I really love the incorporation of that song. And that song, I mean, just from the first time I which watched it, stayed with me for a long time. I thought it was beautiful, mm -hmm. but I also just wanted to share that because I just think it's. I just love that that it's like a literal warning right there, right under our nose, right under our noses, like mm -hmm. straight up. That's the story, you know. That sent like chills down my spine. Like that is, <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's so creepy. Um, I think you can pair it really well with after that. The first thing you hear is um, um, the Childish Gambino song. That, Red Redbone. Yes, yep. Redbone. Yeah, which is literally saying "Stay woke," like pay yep. attention, like look out, and in the most musically appealing way possible. Like definitely a different effect than the um opening credits song because it's not as creepy it's a little more modern a little more fun but yeah yeah all the yeah more i think proof. it's amazing what they did with jordan jordan peele with using like modern songs and in, in horror movies in general is amazing i doing that love that yeah he's just he's so good the score or er, the the music in us um because it used that um like, how it used I Got Five on it to, like, uh, make the score. Yeah. And and I know, like, Candyman, he didn't direct, but he produced it. And they they incorporated Say My Name into the Candyman score, which is, like, 
it's just like those chestnut checkers moments. Like it's just yeah. so it's those little details and those what make it those are what make things so much fun. Those are what gets you back to watching it, rewatching it and things like that. It's just I love it. I that's so cool that those are the lyrics. So creepy. But Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? It's one of my favorite movies. Definitely watch it if you haven't. <laughs> Um, oh, for sure. Learn more about it, even from after what we've talked about. There's still an insane amount that we can go into, but um, I'm gonna say we could do research on this for <laughs> years and come back and do a like podcast that lasts 20 hours on just this movie, um, just oh, yeah. with everything yeah. that's in it and involved in it. So I think it's a great movie to talk with your friends about. Like when you go when you watch movies, like. I don't know, there's movies, scary movies you can talk about, like, oh, this part was scary, or oh, this part was funny, but this is one that you can have more in-depth conversations about, like, oh, what did this mean? Like, what what did the Fruit Loops mean to you when you watched it? Like, what what was up with the creepy-ass ukulele song that the brother was playing? Like, Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a movie that people are not going to stop putting into current context when they talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it is, it cemented itself. It's going to be around for a while, so you might as well hop on board. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys very much. Uh, big thanks to BTB Films for uh, supporting us and everything we've done. Uh, thanks to Kevin and Mo for being here. You guys are awesome. Uh, special thanks to all of our loyal listeners. Uh, don't forget to leave a comment for us so you can join in the discussion. Um, every like, comment, and share really helps us out. So a huge thank you to everyone who follows us on Facebook or Twitter at Sit Down For Real. Um, if you ever want to get in contact with us, um, the best way to do it is uh, definitely through Facebook or Twitter. Um, we check those messages and everything as often as we get them. So thank you so much. We'll save your seat for next time. Goodbye. Mo, I think that my favorite movie going, like movie theater going experiences have been the ones I've gone with you. Yeah. Like, cause you. <laughs> it's true. Like, cause you. I forgot about the one year anniversary of Get Out. You're yeah. still here. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talk movies. But now we want to hear from you. If you have a comment, send it our way. Did we forget something or make a mistake? Call us out on it. Do you have a movie you really want us to review? Let us know what it is, and we'll get to it. Whether you have a question about filmmaking process or just want to know who we think would win in a fight between all the film characters of Martin Scorsese versus the characters of Quentin Tarantino, you ask us whatever you like and we'll do our best to figure it out. So once more, we are Sit Down For Real, R-E-E-L, on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. Your support means everything to us. Thanks for listening.